From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Yes. All right, before we get too deep here, I want to give a shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link that of our homepage and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Devin Stinson, and Tyler Romanski. Uh, if you'd like to become as awesome as our patrons, head on over to patreon.com slash studios or click on the patron link that of our homepage and become a patron today day uh all right brian what have you been up to beer related lately my friend oh man you know what i was i was gonna preface my thing here by saying that if you're driving in your car and the episode just started and it was like i'm casey and i'm brian and there was no katie well katie's not here this week she Uh, yeah she's at a cabin at a cabin yeah for the next uh Two, th- uh, I guess the the these three these next three episodes yes. she will be the out. next three. Ah, but we do uh, have Gordon just came uh, yeah. clumping our, down uh, the our, stairs. Our ogre Gordon has shown up. Yeah, and yeah, I guess we can. I don't know which one of these is going to air. Uh, this is first. First. Oh, yep. yeah. Okay. We're going to re- we're well, them in order. And I'll talk order. about that later. But this is one of the last times we'll be in this studio. So yeah. Should be an interesting deal. But yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder. But we. Both had a fun beer experience that we haven't yeah. done in a long time. Well, wh- why don't we talk about it? Yeah. Because it was awesome. Uh, but first, uh, Gordon, how's it going? Good, good. Sorry, I'm late. Oh, that, no, dude, we started. Uh, actually, no, you are late. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was late getting off the disc golf course because I misheard Casey. I thought he said we were starting at three. Or well, no, you did say we're starting. I thought you were, said you were, you were going to pick me up at three. Yeah, but I anyway. think you have a two thirty, so we can start at three. But that's fine. Mm, yeah, we're all, all right. good. That's so anyway, oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about our uh, our awesome beer experience. We went to the fifth best German restaurant in the world in the well, country. In, in the country, in I wouldn't country? say in the world because there's a lot of good restaurants in Germany Got that it. are probably better German. I just couldn't remember which thing they claimed because yeah. they have like a chalkboard thing that they put outside. We're talking about Wienzer's too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, okay, so it is fifth best German. That, see, and that's how you know that it's not bullshit. Because if they were like, oh yeah, we're like the second best, right? You know, it's like it's like when you're when you're throwing disc golf with your friends and they're like, oh, I can't remember if it was a five or a six. Well, it was probably a seven then. Right. So if they say they're the fifth best, then by my, by my <laughs> math, they are definitely the fifth best. Yes. And they are awesome. The they're- food is incredibly authentic. Uh, you can get. Huge beers. You can liters buy a beer. liter of beer in a giant glass German beer mug. What, eight different uh, German uh, beers on oh, tap. They had more yeah. than that. Didn't is it? They? Is it twelve? It's oh, eight or twelve? Yeah. I can't remember. But long story short, I I definitely uh, treated myself to a Hefeweizen, and um, the heck was the other one I. I got. I had. I, I don't remember. Know. I had. I had a Bitburger pills and uh, whatever. I think. It, I think it was another Bitburger. They had like the Dunkel on. Actually, know what? I drank a half of ice and a, a Kostritzer, the dark one, oh, dark okay. lager. But oh, yeah, maybe that's what I had. The Kostritzer. If then. you know me, you know that German lager and German German beer is like my absolute favorite. 
second it's only to fantastic. Belgian beer. Well, and we were we were we were talking, and we both kind of missed that that communal meal like experience, yeah. like going out with. It was kind of impromptu, it was super random, actually. But yeah. So uh, Rick and I had decided like two weeks ago, like, hey, let's do this early. Let's brave COVID, and like, because we need to go somewhere mm-hmm. and then um like the night before or maybe the day of i texted brian like hey rick and i are gonna go do this you want to come and he's like you were like hell yeah and so i met you at the brewery and we picked up yeah. well i was so our friend ben who we played D with and a friend of his dustin um were coming out to hudson to play game night because ben's wife was having a friend over at the house and he wanted to be out of the house but then, for some reason, our graphic designer Julie popped in and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna have some. I'm gonna have a couple beers at the at the tap room with my husband. We like one of the first times they were able to get away from the kid on a Friday, uh, and so we just all were like, should we all just go to Vinzer's Tube?' And we did. And yeah, it was we wonderful. ended up with a group of like eight people. Yeah. And- was was very impromptu, very very awesome, and, very fun. and made my made my and day. I got schnitzel, so I was happy. <laughs> right? Yeah, schnitzel's good. Oh, I, schnitzel's I had the the, the, cur- the curry. Oh, that's what I got because that's the schnitzel, that's yeah. the best thing on yeah. their menu. The hunt hunt schnitzel. The hunt schnitzel. schnitzel. I had a uh, curry versed. Oh yeah, good Which curry. I love curry, and it's mild German curry, and there was sausage involved, and I don't. It, it was I was on made the famous uh, in Berlin. I was on the fence because their schnitzel is the schnitzel. So it is yeah. just schnitzel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, amazing journey. And you're down in like the uh, basement. You're like, you go in, and it's one of those restaurants where it's like below. The, you know, it's like you go walk in and you go downstairs. Yep. In a, like a little old school downtown area. Yeah, and we were yeah we were in the back room mm-hmm. and kind of by ourselves, which was really the, nice. The ger- the very buoyant German waitress thought I called her a son of a bitch. Uh, and so she just kept calling so you a son of a bitch the rest of the night. me a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> which was interesting. So anyway, yeah, that was my uh, beer thing. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, what have you been up to, man? Uh, I kind of brewed a beer. Uh-oh. How what do you kind of brew mean? a beer? <laughs> well, I, I played city supervisor and watched. It wasn't really brewing because it was a full extract kit. Uh, oh, okay. But I pulled the brine. I, I put the hops in. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, not, not, not you, Brian. Brian. Oh, no. Brian. Different Brian. I was Brian like, I don't even do yeah. that. <laughs> I don't want to get that close to yeah. the open flame. Brian, like if, if you're if you're if you're pulling a Brian, you are just slapping you're your name on it. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting in your office hoping no one will talk to you so you can get your fucking paperwork done. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, that's cool. Uh, what'd you brew? Uh, they did uh, American Pale. I can't remember what the hops were in that one, but then also did a uh, Oktoberfest. Was it a uh, yes. was it a kit or was it? I think it was. Okay. I know the Oktoberfest is still an extract, but they they uh, got hop shots of I want to say German Hollertal. Okay. Mm, work, uh, yeah. Time control. Sure. Lagering for I, the I, Oktoberfest. I didn't stick around for that. But. Oh, okay. Well, it's. Oktoberfest is a lager. And, a lager. And I was about 10 beers deep by the point we got to there. Oh, oh see, Garden, you're not supposed to start drinking until cold side. Yeah, see, I, that's why I wasn't that's doing the why brewing. you should have stayed away from the open flame. <laughs> I was the safety inspector. <laughs> uh, 
Well, uh, I don't think that's how safety works. <laughs> no, All right. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take Brian's and just say that we already talked about that. So mm. why don't we dive into our discussion topic for today, Gordon? I think this will be a good one for you to be uh, to be here for. Uh, and I know Brian's excited about it. I'm excited about it. We're gonna be talking about DIY projects for your home brewery. Uh, this is something that almost every home brewer I know has done. Uh, either out of necessity, out of being a cheapskate, or <laughs> just a, huh, I bet I could make that. Yeah. And then trying a thing. I like making stuff. I think that I have said this before on this show, maybe not for a long time, but what, uh, one of the parts of, uh, well, when I started homebrewing, I guess one, one of the things that I just it just assumed that it went hand in hand was making stuff and then brewing on it. Like I just thought that was, I mean, to, to go buy a thing didn't really resonate with me because who the, the gentleman that I learned to homebrew from, from Bruce Truckee, uh, in, I don't know, it was like some warm summer afternoon in 2005 and he had all this equipment and it was obvious that he had made the stuff himself or somebody had, and so I just always thought that was, you know, part of it. Um, but I guess the the as far as best projects for a beginner brewer to DIY, I'm always and forever going to go with build your own mash tun. Yeah, I think that's the that's one of the first ones that everybody kind of encounters. Moving mm-hmm. from extract to all grain, you start pricing out mash tuns and realizing that you can save a few bucks if you do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just kind of a fun project. Yeah, you can go the cylindrical cooler route, like those orange coolers, yep. like where you're at church and there's orange drink in it, <laughs> or you can or you can use the square one, which I moved from the cylindrical one to a square one to kind of Get spread bigger volume. The, yeah, bigger volume, and you spread the surface area out, and that'll hopefully you know alleviate a stuck mash sometimes um, if you don't rice. So all. all right, before before we get too deep into this, because I have a philosophy or. I don't know if it's a dogmatic or a philosophic question to ask you, but um, we'll get into that in a second. But um, so mash tun, what you're doing there is basically you're taking the cooler, you're replacing the little um, the little like squeezy valve that it has on there to like either like let the melted ice out or some of them just have a plug. Yep. Just the plugs. Ideally, it's ideally the plug comes straight out. Otherwise, you have to drill it out. Otherwise, you get a drill. Um, that's Uh, why those orange cylindrical ones work great because that it's like right on the front of it. Whereas some of those, some of the square ones, it's kind of in the back in the weird angle tilted at an angle. Um, but for most of these, you can use, you can use what they call a weldless bulkhead. Yeah. Um, and it makes it super easy. It's basically a metal tube that you shove in there with nuts on the, on either Mm -hmm. end and then you can attach a ball valve. Yep. Some gaskets. Um, and that's essentially at that point you almost have your mash ton. Then you have to get into the uh, the very important question: Do you go false bottom or manifold? And right, well, you know, or 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 the um, stainless coil, the 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 tube of mesh. Yep, yeah, the mesh that, that you can just yep. sort of uh, clamp on with a worm gear. Um, there's a few ways. Yep. I, so I started with that before I moved mm-hmm. to the false bottom. Um, my first co-host Miles was dogmatically for the manifold. <laughs> Um, I never liked the manifold uh-huh. because it was too easy to stick. Yeah. 
Um, but for the for the like the non round like doing that, I think the manifold might work a little better because yeah. getting a false bottom like what do you do? Do you just like buy some cookie sheets and just drill a bunch of holes in it? That would work, yeah, actually. Oh well, didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if you if you can. I mean, it would, like, think of what are you trying to do? You're trying to sep. You're trying yeah, to you're, just, you're trying yeah. to separate liquid from from solid. Yep. And if that if that works, yeah, drill drill a bunch of holes in in a in a cookie sheet and stick it in there. It, yeah. yeah, well, that would totally work. Yeah, I saw like I know the round ones. Uh, people have used like pizza pans, mm-hmm. uh, like small pizza pans, and hand drilled holes in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get, uh, yeah, you can get as as DIY into it as you want. Like yeah. once once you kind of understand the basics behind the mash tun, there's not much there. Well, and, and then as far as sparging goes, I had t- uh, when I was using that square mash tun, um, I had uh, learned to you know, put pieces, solder pieces of copper together. And I made a square, uh, uh, like square frame of copper tubing and then took a, you know, a, a chop saw, right. The one where you kind of pulled. Oh, and just, it. uh, made a bunch and of slits, made slits in it like every half inch all the way around it. And then you, you know, hook up a tube to it and then that recirculates. Oh, nice. <laughs> we, uh, we did in, and my buddies, we put uh, two shower heads mm-hmm. uh, in there with uh, with a tube connecting them. Oh. That'll work too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was. Yeah. So Any, anything you can that. get to sprinkle the water on there. And I mean, I've seen PVC, you know, temp temp uh, high temp hose with holes in it. Um, just basically just giving the grain a little shower. So if you yeah. you know if you understand the the concept of yeah sparging, a lot of the homebrew stuff, it's like you go into your garage and you'd be like. I bet I could use that. Yeah, yeah. That's. I've been. I've seen a lot on the Facebook Marketplace. People that took an old keg, and just turned that into their. Ah, uh, yeah. Tub. The uh, yep, call it a keggle. The keggles, yeah. Those were those were a big thing for a while, and then they kind of stopped. Yeah, it's because people got more and more protective of their kegs. You got to <laughs> be careful with that. I've there were there was some fellow home brewing way back when and um he had i don't know where he got them from but some summit kegs and um you know cut the top off and all that and made the keggles and um a very very upset uh mark stutrude uh commented on it and you know i realize this is anecdotal do i remember what this is probably on facebook or some shit and i don't remember but it was just another time when mark stutrude jumped on <laughs> Jumped online and was a total dick. Uh, so anyway, long story short, yeah, um, those. I mean, if, if you are f- uh, fortunate enough to find, uh, not find, or uh, I guess acquire, purchase a, a bad keg, depressurize it, um, and pull the spike out without smashing your face open because of the big spring that's down in where the spike sits. Um, and you know, cut the top off and all that. Make sure that you are purchasing it legally instead of just stealing it from behind a bar and potentially injuring yourself and potentially pissing off Mark Stutrud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, be careful with that. I mean, mine were hand me downs and they were Budweiser, and so at the time we were like, "Fuck them," you know. Yeah. it's Budweiser. So, but I will say, from uh, you know, being the co-founder of a brewery and having gone through the motions of purchasing many many kegs for a fleet uh those keg shells those are 97 dollars a piece right now 
Um, and those are, and that's when they're functioning. So, um, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. All right. Um, let's see other, other, uh, good homebrew projects, uh, kind of getting away from, uh, I guess the brewing side, the serving side is a big one. Um, a lot of, uh, kegerators, um, a lot of DIY Ooh. there. You know what I was thinking? Uh, okay. uh, work chiller, like bending, oh, yeah, bending, bending your, your own world. copper. Uh, see, I never did that. I never did either. Because it was just as, like, material-wise and time-wise, like, and a lot of kits come with a wart chiller. I had been handed down a very large and very expensive silver, uh, what do you call it, the the circular one? The immersion? Have a name? Yeah, it's like an immersion chiller. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the immersion chiller is the one that goes in and you just run cold water through it. Yeah, it's like what I was saying, bending your own copper. And then it's the counterflow chiller. I I use a Blickman plate chiller forever. Okay. Um, I I still have not upgraded to the plate chiller. I'm still using an immersion, immersion chiller. Well, does it work? It does. Is it copper? Yeah. Cool. Then you're gonna leach some extra vitamins and minerals and stuff for the yeast from the copper. Yeah, That's see, a good everything's thing. Everything's good. Yeah. Everything's great then. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Know, my buddy I know uh, made his own counterflow chiller. Uh, we could probably do an entire episode on chillers. Probably. Which we probably should in this beginning yeah, of brewer series. Uh, but basically, counterflow, it basically it runs the hot wort through one direction and back into the kettle. And then it runs uh, cold water through the other direction. Um, and so, like, you have a pipe inside of a pipe. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, jacketed. Huh. Um, and so that's the step between immersion and a plate chiller, which is you're mm-hmm. just running cold water through one side of this plate and then hot wort through the other. And it cools it very quickly um yeah so that's that's another like project that people will will ha- uh tackle like getting a wart chiller yep. um that's but i again don't have a ton of experience with that one uh <laughs> you, you could whittle your own <laughs> whittle your own huh? you could whittle your own mash paddle hey that'd be cool <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, um, yeah or, or uh, you could just you could make one out of wood yeah. uh kegerators are the big ones uh yeah. that pretty much everybody like Doing the freezer conversion. Yeah, yeah and if you're smart like Casey, well, I don't know. I guess I'm smart enough to do this, too, because I've done some Arduino and some Raspberry Pi yep. stuff. But Casey built a, um, a, f- a little gosh, flow meter a little thing. F- uh, flow meter so he could tell how much beer was left in his um, in the kegs. in his kegs with a Raspberry Pi computer. Yep. Um, which is uh, which I yeah. thought was really cool. So yeah. with that, basically, we, uh, there's two. There, well, there's two main ways of doing it: converting a fridge or mm-hmm. converting a freezer. Yeah. Converting a freezer, basically, you you take the lid off and then you put a um, a collar on like it, a wooden a wooden collar. Uh, collar, so you can drill it. through and put your tappers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you don't ruin the freezer when you do your tappers. But I will say it's hard on the compressor. Uh, in mm-hmm. the time in the studio here, we went through two. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is we're going to do the fridge method. So there's a couple ones you can do the college, uh, the dorm fridge ones, but then you have to be careful that when you're drilling through the top, you don't hit a coolant line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's ways online to kind of figure that out, but it involves running the fridge and putting, uh, like something super, or what is it? I want to say they use, uh, like the, uh, uh, canned air upside down and spray the top and then you can see because the coolant lines will be warmer than the rest of it oh yeah because that's yeah, where they're exchanging they the heat yep. and then you can see where they are there cool um, interesting yeah uh, or you can do what I'm going to do in the new place uh, and have just buy a fridge mm-hmm. and just drill holes in the door because there's no coolant in the door I definitely had one of those uh, yep and, and so yeah I could I ferment there. four or five gallon carboys in there oh wow mm-hmm. in the fridge mm-hmm. wow 
That's a big fridge. Wasn't... I mean, you know, if you stagger them. I guess if you stagger them and stack them. And stack them, yeah. They were... Yeah. I was doing four. Um, yeah, so speaking of fermentation, the thing I've been researching a bunch, uh, because my buddy Steve just did it, and it seemed like the best idea, is a DIY glycol chiller. Mm-hmm. Using a... I'm gonna... This is absolutely something you can make. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna use an AC window unit and a cooler. Yep. And some temp controllers and... Make that. So I'm, hopefully I'll be able to document that for uh, the website or YouTube or something. Yeah, I mean, didn't you have, like, cold lines running through, through your... The, yeah, through the kegerator. Through yeah. the kegerator, you can do also do that. Yep. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, but your heat exchange is yeah. pretty... They're pretty great. pretty crappy. Yeah, they... So there used to be online, and I wonder maybe if it is still, but there was a... Someone had put... some awesome person had put together a spreadsheet where it listed like every chest freezer and refrigerator. Oh, with their specs and, and specs and how many, how many, uh, cornies you could fit in. Mm hmm. Uh, all yep. these different. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, really good, uh, just kind of, uh, thing to do is, um, take, take one of your kegs, uh, and like measure the height. Well, the height, not so much, but, uh, Grab it and like trace the bottom on a piece of paper and cut that out a few times, um, and then bring that bring those with you when you go look at freezers. Yeah, and then you can lay them out in there and see how many kegs you can actually get in there. That's what I did. I found a at Goodwill. I found a little chest freezer and it has enough room to put two pony kegs in there. Oh, nice, huh. perfect. <laughs> yeah, two is a good number because uh, you really like getting something on the hump is always hard because then you have to build your collar up so much and then you lose a lot of uh your thermal or your your r value on the insulation there unless you really insulate that wood um but yeah i'm trying to think if there's any other like really big diy projects uh, i guess fermentation cham- uh, chamber is another thing um this was really big oh before like uh, this was probably six, seven years ago. I would see these all the time. People would uh, convert bits of their basement or um, garage into a walk-in cooler with uh, with like a window AC unit and uh, like a Ranco temp controller um, and use that as a fermentation chamber mm-hmm. to keep ambient down to about where they can keep it. One of my bucket list goals, and I'd like to build a house at some point, but I'd like to put in like a brick, almost wine cellar. Where it's down low enough where it stays cool, like in the 50s Mm -hmm. or 60s in the summer, but warm enough in the winter that shit doesn't freeze in there. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be very cool. Uh, I don't think I really have any other uh, DIY stuff off the top of my head. Yeah, if you guys have some ideas, obviously send us a message. So we have a listener mail. Ooh. From Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) Lame. Uh, he actually, uh, sent this, uh, while he was sitting down here the other day. Um, so are there yeast strains that do not play well with certain hops, um, at a homebrew and commercial level? I'm is glad there, that you're here. What do you mean by is, that? Is, is there a rule of thumb homebrewers can follow? That's it. Well, because with, since you guys started dissecting the new hop book and talking about the ways that just the hop can change your water profile and shit like that, just wondering if there's, you know, uh, take, um, mosaic, for example, for whatever reason, mosaic with yeast strain A creates weird off flavors or anything like that that you should worry about. Yes, and to there's not there's not a 
quick, easy, simple way to answer this. Um, there are a dizzying amount of variables here that we're working with. And mm-hmm. what we'll find in, I, I believe, this chapter? Uh, no, that, we're talking, I don't know if it's this. I don't know if it's next week's or not. In, in any case, yes. If you let, Let's say we're, we're taking... What did they? They did a study where it was like, oh, we're going to take you know Alpha, Bravo, Centennial, Chinook, and whatever, all these five hops, and we're going to throw it at the same beer. Um, yeah, three three of them are going to kill the head in your beer, and two of them are going to improve it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do they have a study like that on every hop as it relates to every yeast or every type of beer? Uh, no. Um, I think even an easier way to look at it is almost from the flavor side. Yeah. Um, because certain certain yeasts are known for certain flavors. Mm-hmm. Like um, your Hefeweizen yeasts, they're going to, you know, you're going to have like the banana clove. Um, Belgian strains are going to give you a lot of spicy, fruity esters. Yeah. Um, and so when you're picking hops, like, so if I have banana clove, like there's hops that I'm going to choose to go with that flavor to accentuate it. Um, you don't want to have something that's going to clash. Yeah. I mean, there are some, like how to put this, like there are some, um, well, if I'm going to go cook a piece of tilapia fish in my oven, I'm not going to throw a piece of cheese on it. (laughs) So there, there are, yes, there are tilapia and cheddar cheese combinations as far as, you know, like, do you want a banana flavored yeast? smell and flavored yeast that's going with something that's woody and herbal. I mean, and I'm, I'm not real experimental. Like there's some of the yeah. out there, but I mean, there there's but for the most part you wouldn't. So yeah, yeah, there, there are definitely some yeast strains that don't play well. Uh, I mean, if we tried hard enough, we could make cheddar cheese and tilapia work. <laughs> Probably. <but. laughs> are, are there yeast strains that I think you should stick to as a home brewer? Yes. Uh, I would absolutely stick to, Chico, if you're especially if you're gonna fiddle around with something like, um, and then you know if you're doing lager, just I would uh, I would be doing Bjorn uh, a disservice if I didn't mention Kyvik yeast. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's you know he's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, Which yeah. apparently is just the word for yeast, so it's yeast yeast yeah. when we say Kyvik yeast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there are definitely to answer your question, yes, there are yeast strains that don't play well with certain hops and they're you know and vice versa yeah yeah unfortunately uh, it's not yeah it's not a super easy thing mm-hmm. um but yeah surface level i would just look at it's a fun thing to think about though, yeah so i appreciate um, that yeah so like but the nice thing is where yeast is at now you can look at the package and it'll tell you flavors mm-hmm. and be like okay these flavors sound good and then you look at the the hops and you're like oh these flavors sound oh these don't sound good together probably shouldn't do that uh is yeah kind of kind of where where i would leave uh, yeah. that one Likewise. All right. Well, should we uh, move on to the next show? Eh? No. All righty. Let's, no. uh, let's find some things. Roll roll that. Roll uh, credits. <laughs> roll that music. Hey, guys. Oh, I forgot it was this one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week, uh, and I hope you enjoyed our show. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at Feedback at BlindNerdStudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BlindNerdStudios. You can follow us on Twitter at BlindNerdStudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.